Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Awkward Silences. Today, we're here with Nick Baum. He's the CEO and co-founder of Tremendous. Tremendous is a platform for all sorts of incentives, and fittingly, today, we are going to talk about research incentives. So, Nick, thanks for joining us. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. Got day tier two? Yeah, we don't incentivize the guests on the pod, but Aaron and I were joking that if we wanted, <laughs> right. wanted to pay us to be to be guests, we'd be willing right. to be incentivized. Right. So. A whole different crew of guests with that, that tactic, right? Okay, so Nick, so you're thinking about incentives all the time. We think of about incentives a, a decent amount here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the biggest pain points that you're seeing that, I mean, you created this company for a reason, so what about mm-hmm. incentives? of spoke to you in the market of possibilities? Well, it's a big problem for a lot of different companies across a lot of different verticals. And if you are a company, you've got a user research team, you want to be focused on research. Focusing on incentives is really a second order effect of trying to get good data. And so we tried to make that process as simple as possible. So people who are researchers can do what they were hired to actually do, which is do research. Nice. Let me play dumb for a second, which isn't that hard for yeah, me. Yeah, play <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what is actually hard about it, right? Like, I can go and buy gift cards and give them out to people. I have Venmo. Mm-hmm. I can send people cash. Like, where do teams get stuck when they actually try to do this at scale or, or do it well? Right. Great question, because it seems like this should be the easiest thing in the world, because if you have to give someone 50 bucks, it should be as simple as, I guess, in real life, opening your wallet and handing <laughs> someone 50 bucks. Why isn't it that simple online? And it really should be. And that's what we've tried to build. And there are just so many gotchas when you start doing it at scale, because there are all these things that you don't consider at the outset that will come up. So for example, let's say you're a user researcher on a team and you've got maybe 10 different people on your team managing different budgets. Well, first of all, how are you gonna manage those budgets? Second, where are your recipients? Are they domestic? Are they international? How do you know that you're sending them the right thing? What happens if the recipient receives something that doesn't work for them? Or maybe they chose to receive PayPal and it bounces. Their PayPal account was blocked. All of a sudden, you've got all these gotchas that have come and made this process extremely difficult if you've got hundreds or thousands of recipients. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't even go into tax compliance and some of the other hairy areas. But if you multiply this problem by thousands of recipients, then all of your time starts to get occupied by just managing incentives rather than doing research. Yeah, I, I was telling Nick before we started, I've, I've started doing some experiments with some incentives for researchers, to, you know, talk to sales, to do other things and smaller scale, like a, do- a dozen here, a dozen there. And immediately you come up against some of these things. For example, I was doing it with Amazon gift cards at the at the beginning and love Amazon, no hate, but <laughs> oh, I'm in France. This won't work for me. OK, well, how am I going to you know get a refund on my first thing and get a new one? And it's difficult. So. And researchers are a big a big use case for you, right, Nick? You work with lots of uh, research teams. A lot of research teams, we've started with incentives. We do many, many different use cases. So Tremendous is a payouts platform that helps businesses send money, gift cards, prepaid cards to people worldwide. And research is really one of the core verticals uh, for Tremendous. Work with a ton of user research teams across tech companies, other businesses, market research, academic research, medical marketing incentives. We even work with governments that incentivize constituents to get vaccinated. So there are just so many different reasons why a company would need to pay people on a one-off basis. That's kind of the key insight behind Tremendous is 
companies struggle to pay people if it's just 50 bucks. Because otherwise, if you can use payroll, that's simple. But Mm -hmm. companies, for example, in research, you don't have this relationship with the recipient where they're going to sign up for your payroll, right? That doesn't make any sense. That's too much of a hurdle. Even just using PayPal for all of your recipients is too much of a hurdle because you don't know if all your recipients use PayPal. And even if they do, there are a ton of gotchas there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what you were talking earlier about how, you know, researchers want to research. They don't want to deal with incentive logistics, but also the people being paid don't want to deal with those logistics <laughs> either. It's like you're using this incentive as a tool to motivate some kind of behavior, right? In the case of research, I want you to participate in my research mm-hmm. and I will pay you for your time to do that. But if there's friction and actually getting that incentive, that's no good for anybody, right? Right, exactly. So the key is to make it super, super easy, not just for the senders, not just the companies, but for recipients. Ultimately, it's not useful to any research team if it's not valuable to the end recipient. So you have to provide a lot of different options for the recipient and make that process as seamless as possible for them to get something that's valuable and to actually get it without any errors. Yeah, totally. It's it's pretty easy to imagine how that can slip to becoming like a detrimental experience for somebody like without (laughs) without taking much right if you're getting like 25 bucks to talk to somebody for a half hour and then it takes a dozen emails back and forth to actually get the 25 bucks it's kind of like well at some point i'm i'm maybe only breaking even here now because i've spent so much time right exactly um, and it's very difficult for support teams to handle questions mm -hmm, that are mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. subject line urgent where is my money (laughs) that's not a fun one to receive yeah. Yeah. What are so like as a team, you know, it sounds like most teams are probably quickly realizing, okay, we need some help here. This is hard. We've we've tried to do it a little bit in scrappy ways. Come to a tool like yours, start getting set up. Like, what are the things that they then need to do to be successful with it? Like, where can they, you know, still maybe mess it up or go wrong, even as they look to, you know, bring in a, a true solution? So the first thing is figuring out what are you going to offer your recipients? And some companies might be too cute and think, this is exactly what my recipients want. And the best solution really is to turn on an entire catalog for your recipients, give them as much optionality as possible. So the most popular option right now is Visa prepaid cards, followed by gift cards with Amazon in the lead. But there's no reason for a company to be so opinionated that they say, I'm only going to offer gift cards. I'm only going to offer Visa cards. Turn on everything. If your recipient even wants to donate their money to charity, allow them to do that. So first and foremost, that's number one. Number two is make sure that you've got your the structure set up so that you can manage this with teams. So you've got people with the right permissions to be able to send, to be able to track, to be able to get the finances out. You need to get the right people into the system with access to the right tools. And then maybe three is just making sure you understand all of the compliance pieces. Mm. And so you Tremendous, for example, offers the ability to collect W-9s on behalf of recipients. So making sure at the outset that your team understands what compliance is necessary so that you can use the tools to be compliant. Well, and just since we're here and on the topic, I'm sure this varies by country and different use case, but the basic, what, it's like $600 or something a year and you need a W-9 for for folks listening? We cannot give tax advice. (laughs) Right, exactly. Something like that. Right. Um, Yeah. And the disclosure, please contact your tax tax professionals. Right, exactly. Discard everything we're about to say, but yes, $100 (laughs) in the United States. Yeah. That's one cool. too where I think it does impact the participant experience as well, um, or the recipient experience. 
I um I spoke to like an investment firm that was doing some diligence last year, and they um for the course of like two hours, so they they paid me a little bit over that amount, like just a margin. And then I had this whole like tax thing I had to figure out at the end of the year, and I was like, I wish I had just been right on the other side of that because like <laughs> yeah. it would have been worth giving up fifty bucks to not have to like you know complicate my taxes. So. Right? Who knew that less money is more money? Right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. 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 A very specific question. You said you know recommendation would be just turn on the whole catalog, like give people as much choice as possible. That seems to make a ton of sense. How do you recommend the teams then go about explaining that to, you know, potential recipient? Like, we're going to give you 50 bucks, parentheses, like, however you want. Or like, you know, how do you give them a sense of like what that all entails versus like, we're going to give you $50 in a gift card or something like that? So I would list out the options or you could just say, we're going to give you $50, right? You can start there. And then if your recipient has more optionality, that's even better. But you can enumerate the options saying your choice, gift cards, visa cards, money transfer, if that's turned on, charity donation. But I think the simplest is really just saying, we're going to give you $50. Yeah, yeah I guess that's true. If you have enough options, more. it feels true, right? Yeah. Right. And knowing your audience a little too, because I know, particularly if you're doing research in like a B2B context, but potentially some B2C as well, a lot of researchers are not al- allowed to accept cash, right? So, mm-hmm. so charity can be really compelling in those cases as well, where they still have a, a compelling reason to participate, but are, you know, and compliant with their organization's rules. Definitely. Yeah, that, Definitely. That's a good tip. Yeah. Do a little research with your user base to understand. And then you can enumerate or put the categories in that are going to be like particularly relevant to them. Right. 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 How do you go about choosing the right amount of an incentive? Is that something you've thought about much? We've definitely been asked that question yeah. many, many, uh-huh. many times. Right. And we actually don't do that much research at Tremendous, but we've looked into this because it's so important to so many of our clients. And I know Mm -hmm. User Interviews has a tool that actually can spit out, hey, here's probably what you want to give for this duration, this survey type, uh, this type of audience. And so you need to factor in a multitude of different factors to determine what's actually appropriate. What we've learned is that the average amount being paid for an hour in the US is $85. Sometimes mm-hmm. it goes up to 150. Mm-hmm. And that unsurprisingly, this amount has gone up over the past two years. So I would use that probably as the rule of thumb, but it's certainly going to vary depending on who the audience is. And you're probably going to be paying, for example, if you have doctors as right. research participants, more than someone without uh, an MD, right? Yeah. So. It really depends, but I think that rule of thumb where $85 for an hour as average is is pretty helpful. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. I think kind of like a dollar a minute, sort of like the floor and then up from there. And people also don't necessarily factor in, uh, are you commuting? Is this like an in-person thing where like that's right. unpaid time, right? To get there. So things like that factor in as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I had actually a question on the in-person stuff, because obviously that's been less common over the past couple of years, but uh, it seems to be coming back. And one thing I've heard from researchers in the past is, you know, for in-person sessions, they kind of like the immediacy of having something to hand over, like handing mm-hmm. the person a gift card in person mm-hmm. or giving them cash or whatever it may be, right? Probably not cash, but the teams that are using you, do you find that they, even for in-person stuff, they'll still do it through Tremendous and maybe just like hit the button real time and then be like, check your email or something like that? Or, or do you see that it varies depending on how the session is being facilitated? So we've seen both and both can be done through tremendous giving something immediate in person, physically or digitally. So we've, of course, tried to shift this to digital. We think that is the absolute best way to do it, because, again, you're giving optionality to your recipients. If you're giving something physically that ties it to one, whether it's an Amazon card, a Visa mm-hmm. card, whatever it is, it's one option. 
And we found that a lot of research are very, very opinionated about this. <laughs> so we've supported both the ability for researchers to order uh, plastic Visa cards that can mm. be loaded with value asynchronously so that you don't have to have stacks of you know, $10,000 you know, $10, sitting in a desk and a desk for weeks. <laughs> but we've actually seen the digital solution be very, very successful. And it takes the first time a researcher does it, they feel like they're going out on the limb. This is what they've always done, the physical, physical distribution. So it feels like a risk, but at the point where you've actually done this and you say, hey, check your email, you're going to have it in now or in the next five minutes, 10 minutes, and it gives mm -hmm. that recipient optionality. They've converted to saying, hey, why am I going to keep these plastic Visa cards at my desk going <laughs> forward? It doesn't make that much sense. Operationally, it just becomes so much more easy. And you can track this for your recipients mm -hmm. much better too, mm -hmm. because if for whatever reason, there's some issue, maybe they say, yeah, you know, I lost my Visa card. That's a pain. How do you deal with that? How do you how do you figure out which card that was? How do you reissue that? Whereas alternatively, if it's digital, you can just say, all right, well, let me click the reset button through our dashboard. And there you go. You have it right now. Yeah. And I do think people are just getting more and more used to everything being digital in their lives. Uh, certainly. I'm sure that there are some populations where you want that option, like you said, but I'm just picturing my shoebox of gift cards from my wedding 11 years ago. I still haven't used. So yeah, uh, moving yeah, everything to tricky. digital makes a ton of sense. You called out the liability, right? Of like having like a stack of physical gift cards and just like money sitting around, which makes a ton of sense. But I'd imagine there's a similar liability of in an organization of some size, you have a lot of people doing research who might be needing to pay out research as incentives. I assume there's some sensitivity around giving anybody access to like the keys to give out cash to folks and like how you manage the budget and stuff. Cause Presumably, most people are not going to, you know, embezzle from their employer or stuff, but you're going to have some sensitivity and governance around that. How do teams like solve that? Like, what's your recommendation there? Sure. So it's similar for any type of SaaS organization, whether there's money on the line, whether there's customer data, you want to have certain protections and controls over who can access what. And with Tremendous, we have the ability to permission. Some folks are going to be able to send incentives and rewards. Mm -hmm. Some folks are just going to be able to export the data. But what's really most important is being able to audit all of this, being able to export this and be able to track, well, did these budgets line up? And if you're able to have a tool that shows you how much was spent by each individual, then that gives you that auditability. And of course, it's a very strong disincentive for anyone who might otherwise, back in the old days, having a stack right. of Amazon gift cards, <laughs> one goes missing, you know, that could have been literally anyone in the office, right? Totally. And yeah. instead, if you've got a digital record, you can see, all right, well, you know exactly how much went to which individuals and was ordered by which folks on your team. So it's super, super traceable. And you can export this data, can be reviewed by multiple people on your team. Are you finding that, I don't know how close you might be to this, but are do most organizations have sort of established budgets or departments have budgets for incentives? Or are they kind of winging it as they go? Or, you know, how is this landscape of incentive management evolving as the technology evolves, right? Great question. And it depends on the size of the organization. So larger organizations have much tighter controls around budgets right. mm -hmm. and much more complicated controls around finances. So mm -hmm. as part of the ordering process, often there will be an invoice that gets generated that specifies which project it's for, which researcher is attached to it. It goes to the finance team. The finance team has to send an email back approving it. And 
those are the joys of working at a larger company, right? right. And, but if you're at a startup, then it's probably much more loose where you say, okay, we're going to study this. What budget is that going to be? And you kind of allocate it perhaps throughout the year. We've seen that the majority of companies that are using Tremendous for user research have a budget of $100,000 or greater. So this is real money. And that type of budget, that type of amount of money typically does have to be budgeted. So I think this has become more formalized also as the user research teams and that the whole process behind doing research has become more formalized too over the past five to 10 years. To kind of go in a different direction, people realize, okay, this is painful. We need a solution. And they kind of get the gist of, we should have a couple different options. Let's set this up, all that. I think something that probably is still daunting or confusing for folks, even when there is a solution that kind of enables it, is the international piece with like currencies and everything else, because you're back to some kind of challenges around how you display it. Like, do you need to display the amount in like their local currency? And then from a budgeting perspective, the you know exchange rate and like when it's redeemed and everything else, there's like noise there. And what sort of advice or recommendations do you have for people who are like, okay, we need to pay people in Europe. We have a bunch of users in Europe. Like, you know, how do you wrap your head around that? Yeah, you absolutely have to use an incentives platform. This is not something you can roll your own solution to. For example, Amazon has different cards in different territories. So you can't just go to Amazon and say, hey, I want to run this international program. You're going to be forwarded on to a business development contact in the UK, one in Italy, one in <laughs> France, one in Spain. You need to work with a company that has international baked into it. That's the only way to do this. And international is the number one headache for user research teams. We received that feedback over and over and over again. We took a poll, what's your greatest challenge? It is doing international incentives. So even if it's 10% of the spend going internationally, that's going to be 90% of a company's headache. Because for all the reasons that you mentioned, one, it's what do you present to recipients? Two, how do you handle currency? Three, how do you handle language? So at Tremendous, the way we've handled this is, one, if you turn on the entire catalog, well, we're not going to show you things that aren't relevant to your area. So we'll first geolocate the recipient. And if you're in the UK, we'll show you all the options that work in the UK. And all those options are going to be not denominated in GBP. Hmm. Now, as a sender, you can choose, all right, are we going to market this program in GBP or are we going to market it in US? And that's a question for, well, do you know where your recipients are? Do you want some marketing for this? And you can do it either way. Ultimately, if you choose GBP, then the recipient will get exactly that amount. Alternatively, if you said, we're just going to market it as $50 USD everywhere, Tremendous is going to do that conversion and say, what is 50 USD in GBP? So when that recipient makes their selection, they'll get an option that works locally and is denominated in the right currency. Now, the UK, it's very simple to handle language, right? Still English, but it gets much more complicated if you're running a campaign across multiple different regions. And we have language translation built into our service to enable it so that any researcher doesn't actually have to do the translation themselves. So we've built into other APIs to help with that process. So you can have one campaign specifying one currency with one message and manage that internationally. Alternatively, you can choose other denominations, other currencies, and do the translation yourself if you want. So multiple ways to skin that cat. But it is a very, very challenging problem to try to handle on your own, even even if it's just a few dozen incentives that a company is sending. So I guess there's a few points in the sort of life cycle of the research participant 
relationship where incentives come into play. One is I'm going to present this incentive to you in the hopes that it will be compelling for you to want to like be part of this mm -hmm. research and apply and show up and all those things that have to happen, right? Uh, interest, awareness, I'm there, all those things. Then they've actually participated, right? They've qualified to receive this incentive and now we need to give them a way to like redeem it, right? So I'm curious about just sort of any messaging tips along that life cycle in terms of how do you use the right language to make the incentive appealing? How do you use the right language to get, because presumably you want the participant to actually redeem the incentive, right? To, right. to get the benefit of having not, to not lose it, to be able to find it, things right. like this. So yeah, so how do you think about sort of messaging this, you know, easy to use, international friendly, full of options incentive for folks? Right. So you're right. There are a few touch points. The first is the marketing. How do you get someone to participate? And there I'd go back to what did we say before, which is just, I think you can keep it pretty simple, which is we're going to pay you $50 to receive the, your incentive. And maybe there's a link that show you can say, see all the ways to redeem it here. And it can be a tool tip, can be a hyperlink if you wanted to add more detail. But I think just saying $50, that's pretty compelling already. Right. That, that conveys the message. You are being paid to participate in this. And I could see that depending on the region, if there's some regions where recipients might think, hey, it's actually really hard for me to get paid in the country where I am, I have to double check the way that I would be paid, then yes, I'd absolutely add more information on the method by which mm -hmm. payment can be made available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty key. Then the next step is the participant participates. Right. And at the end, you want to confirm immediately, yes, you are going to be receiving your incentive. Right, and right. that can be immediate if it's built into the workflow. So for example, Tremendous integrates with some other tools, survey tools, where at, upon completion, the recipient is going to immediately get an incentive. Now, some cases that can be delayed. There's some research teams that want to perhaps if this is, you know, they're not doing research in person, they haven't uh, qualified this individual at the outset, they might want to review for fraud. They want, want to make sense that this is not someone submitting duplicate entries, for example. Mm -hmm. So it can be immediate. If it is immediate, just give them the incentive right away. If it's not, then set expectation for when they will receive it. Because the support tickets start coming in when one of the parti when participants don't know when they're getting right, right. their incentive. So if you can be clear about expectations, it's totally fine. You're going to receive this by Wednesday. And then you'll have the option to choose X, Y, and Z. And then at that point, they receive an email. It says, here's $50, click through, and then they can claim it. Super simple. Yeah, I will say, you know, researchers like, you know, tell your participants what to expect. And if you're using a platform like user interviews, mark those sessions complete right away, because that's what triggers that incentive getting paid in our platform, right? right? And, and you're absolutely right. Those support tickets do start coming in pretty quickly. <laughs> I saw someone joking about this the other day that was like, um, how to tell people something like step one. Tell them about what you're about to tell them. Right. Step two, tell them. Right. Step the three, remind up. them yeah. of what you just told them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's marketing. That's how it yeah, works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a question to go a little bit more, more nuanced here is because one thing we've heard from researchers is, especially when they're talking to their own users, a lot of concern about like brand and experience and trustworthiness and all that sort of stuff. How do you help people navigate like, okay, they've mostly been interacting with us, maybe through like branded emails from our company. 
you know, our branded Zoom, et cetera. And now we're asking them to go to this other platform to redeem the incentive. And it's a money thing where maybe, you know, they're suspicious or feel like they're getting scammed. How do you make sure that um, that handoff goes smoothly? Yeah. So I, I'd continue the branding. And I, again, it comes to expectation and communicating you are going to receive $50. And if they say the subject line might be Acme sent you $50. So if they're coming from an experience of they're knowing they're doing an interview for Acme Inc. And then they receive an email in the next two hours saying Acme Inc. sent you $50. That's not too suspicious. Beyond that, Tremendous, for example, has the ability to white label that email is going coming from that client. So it can be from acmeinc.com. So I think establishing those data points, just kind of a clear narrative around why someone's getting the money, getting in a reasonable time frame, then having those flags of perhaps the domain name being the same as the company goes a long way. We, we haven't seen too many cases where recipients have been concerned about the authenticity after they've participated in the study. Yeah, I think that's a good point, though, just like you were saying with letting people know when they're going to get the incentive. If it's not white labeled, if it's not clear who it's coming, like let them know. When's this going to come? Who's it going to come from? Because there are so many of these phishing scams and everything now. You know, right. I, I can imagine someone being suspicious if it wasn't totally clear what was going yeah. on. So. This is right. your CEO and I'm sending you an incentive. <laughs> we get tons um, of those. I don't know if you do. A kind of related question. You mentioned the support piece a little bit of, you know, people don't get their incentive or they're having an issue with it. They're going to tell you about it pretty quickly. But now that there's two kind of services involved, how does the handoff on support go? So like, obviously, if they don't have it, I'm probably going to reach out to the researcher and be like, where's my incentive right. or whatever. But then if I'm having an issue or I messed up the redemption, I you know, I thought I was in UK, but I meant to do something else or whatever. Is your team handling that or is it like divided or how does that part of it work? Yeah, we like to handle it. So we put our support email front and center, help at tremendous.com. But there's some companies that say we actually want to be the first line of defense for all support inquiries. So they'll continue to put their email and some of the messaging. But we tend to prefer to take on all of the support we can because our name is behind it to some extent. And we want to offer great support mm -hmm. to any recipient that's having any issues. So yeah, we were able to, I think our SLA is something like one hour response time for these support inquiries. Good. Yeah. Uh, what are the most common questions other than where's my money? <laughs> I mean, that is number one by a long, yeah, long right, stretch and right, reasonably right, so, right. reasonably so. Right. Other questions for, for specifically from recipients? Yeah. There might be some lessons here that could be interesting to researchers, uh, what to anticipate, you know, before using a, a platform or while using a platform. I think you've stumped Pretty me. Much I mean, money. that really much well, people are happy <laughs> yeah, when they get their yeah. money. All, different flavors of that. Yeah. yeah or how do I redeem are, it? Or how, like, I have the email, I don't know what to do with it. Or, you know, the simple process that, that it's yeah, like you click yeah, the button yeah. and then you click the thing that looks right. like an Amazon card and you got your Amazon right. card. So right, right, not, right. not too many questions after that. How, cool. how does that actually work though? Like, so Erin, you know, did a research session with me. I haven't paid her. She reaches out Classic. to Tremendous as being like, hey, where's my money? You're like, who is Aaron and why is she asking? Like, are you able to map it back to like, you know, the researcher somehow? Like, because it seems like you probably have to get in contact with the person who owes the money at that point. Is that right? Or, yeah, well, if if the recipient hadn't received the funds yet, they hadn't received the incentive, the recipient wouldn't have our email address, so they would actually reach out. Oh yeah, they wouldn't know about tremendous uh, yet. Okay, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're more than welcome to reach yeah, out. Yeah, we, we can talk. Yeah, yeah. We'll chat. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Right. We wouldn't have much solved. to chat about. What are, I guess, some of the top mistakes you see researchers make when doing incentives or missed opportunities or just kind of general advice that maybe we haven't covered yet when you think about incentives in your deep experience? 
thinking about incentives? Well, I'd, I'd start with one, use incentives. Mm. And the best okay, research, yeah. the best research, well, that's the first question. Are you going to use incentives? Right. And of course, it's tempting right. to not use incentives for the obvious reason that it's cheaper to not use incentives, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And if you have a somewhat tight budget, you'd prefer to get data without expending any more cash. But the best researchers that we've talked to have been adamant that you absolutely have to use incentives. One, of course, it elicits more participation, but free surveys, it's so biased, the data that you get. You are only getting responses from people who are willing to do this Mm -hmm. for free. And you are gonna see a drastic difference between the quality of data that you get when you use incentives and when you don't use incentives. So I think that's, I think the vast majority of researchers after they've done a number of studies do fall into the camp that they're generally going to use incentives. Then number two is don't try to roll your own solution. You are going to suffer the fate of everyone else who's tried to do this. And there are all these gotchas. We've talked about many of them. If you're doing it internationally, absolutely. You're going to drive yourself crazy trying to run this program. Even just being able to running this through a spreadsheet even if you're just doing dozens, is going to be much more complicated. Funding all these different vendors, when you have your one recipient who doesn't have a PayPal account, and then you have to go to Amazon and set up an account there, that's going to be a pain for you. And incentive platforms, many of them, including Tremendous, are free to use. So there's really no reason not to do it. So I would say find an incentive platform at the outset, and there's just no downside to doing it. Makes sense. Love it. Simple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also, it's like the penny gap, like going from not paying an incentive to paying one at all is huge. And then, try, you know, maybe the next phase is pay a fair one, pay, pay a good one, right? Because, right. right, similar idea, you, you get what you pay for and, you know, pay people the best that you can afford, right? Obviously, some startups would like to, to pay more maybe than, they, than they're able, but pay, pay the most you can afford in terms of what's a fair, fair rate for folks. Um, totally, totally. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks so much for being with us. Tremendous, great platform and providing great service. And uh, check out our incentive report and calculator, and you'll be all set to go with incentives for your research efforts. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks, Nick. Yeah.